was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. The droids are clean, the vaporizers are patched, and the speeders fueled. It's time to pick up some blue milk and power converters. You're listening to Toshi Station Radio, brought to you by the Majestic Giraffe Network. Now here are your hosts for the Snarkist Podcast in Star Wars and Geek Culture, Brian and Nancy. Skirts of Anchorhead and on the shores of the Great Chot Flats, you're listening to Tashi Station Radio, the bright center in the universe for all things Star Wars and geek culture. I'm your host, Brian, and with me as always is my co-host and wife, Nancy. Hi! On today's episode, we're catching up on Star Wars news and gushing about Wonder Woman. We're about to get started, so sit back, grab some power converters, and enjoy the show. Before we go too much further, a note from our sponsors, you, our Patreon subscribers, click a link on Tashi-Station.net for more details and learn how you can support the show. $5, the uh, $5 contributor level gets you into the Tashi Station Patreon Slack team. Which is fun, and we have a lot of good conversations there. And so we, come join us. We do have a lot of good conversations there, and we will occasionally source our episode material yes. from there. We're shameless. We are shameless. <laughs> uh well, Let's get right to it. This may be a quicker episode today. Uh, I know it's been a little while, but uh, things have been hectic around here, and uh, we're kind of in a rush today. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. We're going to give you the best show we can, people. Well, we always give you the best, marginally the best, okay, it's pretty good, <laughs> shows we can. We have a dog. We do. We do have a dog. A You're cat. here for the dog and cat, we know. <laughs> Uh, Fixers Flash, the geeky things we've been up to. Uh, Nancy, what do we got on the... What have you been up to? Uh, I've been reading a lot. Uh, I finished Amberlow, which, um, is... It's in a second world. It's kind of like a 1920s, 1930s vibe. Um, there's a lot... There's It takes place in a, uh, cabaret is one of the settings. <laughs> Uh, and it's about basically the rise of a fascist government and the... That's not timely or anything. No, it's really not. And the, the main character, or there's, there's three main characters, but one of them is, works for the government and ends up getting involved with the fascist party that's trying to rise. Like, they've basically blackmailed him into helping them. And then his lover, who is the MC of the cabaret and also a smuggler... Um, so they had a interesting relationship even before all this started, and then one of the other, um, the main singer from the cabaret. So it's very good. Um, I think there's a sequel coming out, um, but it's it's a very good book. I liked it a lot. Um, I also read The Stars Are Legion, which was our book club pick for June, one of our picks for June, and um, we have an episode coming out with uh, Nick we uh, from A-Space, so check out for that that should be going up uh the same time as this episode goes yes a uh, uh, lot of a lot of tashi station podcasts this weekend for you but um short for stars illusion i liked it a lot it's all ladies it's space opera it's kind of body horror-ish but i liked it a lot um and then also i read all systems red which is a novella um by martha wells um, it's, it's not, I don't know. I mean, they call it a novella, but it's really like a short novel. It's like 177 pages, um, which is like kind of what novels used to be at one time, but, um, it's really, really good. I loved this book. Um, it was, it's told from the point of view of a robot 
who works for um, this company and is basically works on security details for people going to like study planets and stuff. And she uh, it calls itself Murderbot. Um, and all it wants to do is be left alone so it can watch all the hours of entertainment it's downloaded. It's fantastic. You should go read it. Um, I also started reading a new Varkosigan book. I've got back to that, Brothers in Arms, which is about Miles on Earth. And he's got a female sidekick this time around. And Ivan is in it. And Ivan is, like, so my favorite. He's just, he's just Ivan. He's such a, he's so great. Um, and finally, in non-reading news, I've been working on my Space Race book. So I've had a very bush bookish few weeks. A little, a little heavy on the book side. Me, a little less so. Um, but yeah, I've been playing a bunch of Mass Effect. End is in sight. Yeah, it's taken me so long because I am a notorious completionist with these games. I do all of the side quests. I do well, all you of wanna the Well, you want to get the... You want to get your bang for your buck. You I, I paid do. for the game, so I you do wanna... that, and I love the writing so much. I want all of the ancillary dialogue <laughs> with all of the characters. It's great, uh, and we've been uh, watching. We've been catching up on movies we should have watched but hadn't. Yes, finally saw Moana, which I loved the pieces. I liked it a lot, and uh, Moon, which was great. Yeah, Moon was trippy. I don't know if I want to watch it again. But it was it was good. It was trippy. Yeah, I yeah. think I would have liked it more if I didn't know the twist going into it. But I did know the twist going into it because it's like what seven years old now. <laughs> yeah, I'm moratorium <laughs> on spoilers ended on that one. Yeah, um, and we also saw another movie. Yeah, we saw uh, Wonder Woman, which we will twice talk about later. Yeah, Wonder uh, Woman. <laughs> that does bring us to what's new on the blog, though. Uh, Matthew reviews reviewed the Rebel Rising audiobook, um, and I he liked it. So go ahead and check that out um, if you want more of Jin and the Rogue One characters. Um, I heard some people talking on Twitter about how it was weird the the releasing of these books like so far after Rogue One that they kind of fell under the radar for some people. But um, if you haven't read them, you really should. I I liked. I think I liked Guardians of the w- Wills more than Rebel Rising, but they're still both they're still both pretty good. Um, I wouldn't mind Beth Revis coming back and writing more Star Wars. Um, we also got a bunch of comic reviews, including the new Darth Vader comic, which is not the old Darth Vader comic. <laughs> it is a new Darth Vader comic set before the Darth Vader comic. <laughs> Because that's not confusing. <laughs> but basically, this is Darth Vader right after he becomes, right after Revenge of the Sith is over. So, um, that should be fun. <laughs> uh, we have a, we also posted a book club episode from last month discussing Radiance, which uh, was very fun because me and Megan had very different opinions about the book, but I think we had a good discussion about it. And then also, Bria visited Narshada and Dan in her KOTOR replay. Oh, also, uh, there's a new episode of Western Reaches that got posted last night covering Horizon Zero Dawn and all of the big news out of E3. Uh, Saf and Megan have great takes on that, so go listen to it if you are a fan of video games and books. Yes. Uh, You know, Fixer Slash, I forgot to mention, uh, one other thing I've been up to is I got in on the gigantic Marvel sale. Oh, that uh, Amazon had going on. You did. Uh, I bought volumes one through six 
of Ms. Marvel and one through five of Unbeatable Squirrel Girl <laughs> and uh, volumes one and two of the Unbelievable Gwenpool, mm. which uh, they're great, especially Ms. Marvel. Ms. Marvel is fantastic. Uh, and even if you are not a superhero or comics fan, I would highly encourage you to read Ms. Marvel. Cool. So, yes. Are you pointing? Are you directing that at me? Maybe. I've got it on Comixology just waiting for you. What is? What do you know about me, Brian? I know that you will give comics a shot in, Mar- <laughs> in Comixology's guided view. I give Poe Dameron a shot in Comixology's guided view. <laughs> but it's good. I know I'm not. I I'm not a comics basher. They're just not for me. Okay. 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 All right. Deeks, I'll try it. Deeks dirt news from around fandom and uh, did we cover this on the last episode? No, this happened after the last episode. Holy cow! Really? Yeah, we haven't podcasted for a while. When was the last time we podcasted? Uh, on our anniversary. <laughs> wow! Almost uh, three weeks. Yeah. Whoops. Sorry about we that. We love you guys. We were going to podcast last weekend, but uh, you got sick. I got sick. Then, you got busy writing. And then I felt sick. <laughs> yeah, we took turns getting sick over the last week. It was great. Fun. Fun. Uh, yeah, uh, some really disturbing news. Uh, yeah. $200,000 worth of theft uh, at Rancho Obi-Wan. Yeah, this is a really terrible story, so we're not going to spend much time on it. But basically, um, if you haven't heard about it, I'm sure everyone in Star Wars fandom has, but... Um, you know, the articles about exactly how they figured out that stuff was missing is really some crazy investigative... This is some Ocean's Eleven crap. And it was just, like, other, like, the fans themselves, like, the the collectors themselves realizing that this was going on, like, the law enforcement wasn't involved yet, and it was basically, uh, Philip Wise noted, uh, realized that his rocket-firing Boba Fett prototype action figure was missing. And apparently there's only, like, 20 of these in the world. They're really, really rare. So if one of them, like, gets sold, like, they're very easy to track. So um, he he posted about it, and someone was like, hey, I just sold one of these, and said that he purchased it from Carl Cunningham. Uh, and he had a list of other things that he'd purchased from Carl and they basically realized that the stuff had come from Rancho Obi-Wan. Um, Rancho Obi-Wan realized they had a bunch of stuff missing from their warehouse and, uh, you know, he, Carl had been volunteering there and he was friends with Steve. So he had run of the warehouse without supervision and basically stole all the stuff and sold it. And it's really shitty. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about it. I hope they get all their stuff back. But it's also really hard because like the stuff they sold is worth thousands of dollars each. And then so, you know, say you're a collector and you buy this figure for thousands of dollars and then you find out it's stolen. And it's like, oh, I have to give this back. But do... I paid thousands of dollars for this, so it's not, you know, the people who bought it, they also are getting screwed, too. Yeah, so. it's, just, it's just bad all around. Yeah. 
D23 will have a full Star Wars pavilion. D23, this is the uh, major uh, Disney Expo convention put on yeah. by Disney. We have yeah. to go there one day. <sighs> Next time it's back in Florida, I think we'll take they some time They never do off. it in Florida. It's not in it's Florida? It's always in Anaheim. I thought they, I thought they alternated it's between every here two and... years in Anaheim. Ah, uh, bummer. <laughs> well, one of these years we'll, we'll do a there. D23. Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming we'll find out some more news about Star Wars Land there. Yes, from, I, I thought I saw some rumblings that uh, there would be a lot of previews for what Star Wars Land will be that will be shown off at this pavilion at D23. I'm thinking they will because they tease a lot at the celebration panel we went to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, oh, we got all this stuff and we can't wait to tell you. So I'm thinking like, hopefully at D23 they'll have more stuff to tell us maybe tell us the name of the planet and give us some backstory about the planet that would be cool yeah and i'm looking forward to hearing more about this so quote-unquote reputation system that they're kicking around because that'll be a reason for everybody to get magic bands (laughs) right (laughs) uh more contributors to the a certain point of view short story anthology otherwise known as operation blue milk and a handful of story descriptions popped out this morning yeah, so the um on actual Star Wars Day, May May twenty fifth, they announced some more contributors, and they include Kelly Sudaconic and Matt Fraction, uh, Charles Sewell, Beth Revis, who I you know just said I wanted her to write more Star Wars, uh, Pierce Brown, who is new to Star Wars, but he's uh, known for his Red Rising books, which are very uh, very good sellers. Um, I actually bought one of those on a Kindle sale and need to read it. Uh, Pablo Hidalgo, who you all know. Ian, Do- Ian Dosher, who does the Shakespeare Star Wars books. And Greg Rucka, who does everything <laughs> in Star Wars. Uh, I, I'm still so happy about the uh, announcement that uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick and Matt Fraction are writing a story yeah. just because it made my timeline so happy. Yeah, I had a lot. I have a lot of friends who are into comics and especially um, Captain Marvel. And uh, I, I, they saw they saw that they were doing this and they're like, oh, my God. And I'm wondering, like, we have a friend who's never seen Star Wars and she we we pride ourselves on not letting her know anything about it. Um, this sounds terrible, but it's actually funny. It's funny. It's she has a whole idea of what Star Wars is about. It's great, um, and so I'm like, should I try to get Lisa to read the Kelly Sudaconic and Mac Fraction story? <laughs> I'm betting I could. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, some of the uh, there's a blurb on the Penguin Random House site right now, um, and. They, you know, discuss how it's different stories from 40 contributors, and um, they had a few um, story descriptions. Do you want to read those? or? Uh, uh, yeah, let me pull that up here, and I will read those. Okay. Uh, there's a couple I'm really excited about, and a couple that... Yeah, they'll definitely be and this interesting. Is only, this is only like five of them, so... Yeah, there. I mean, this is only a small sampling of what will be in the book. Um, yeah. And uh, it, it is... I believe it is more than 40 stories now. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Um, I think it's 40 stories, but more, there's more than 40 contributors. Oh, right, right, right. Because um, there's, some, are, some are doubled up. Yeah, right. Uh, 40 stories, more than 40 contributors, which, yeah. awesome. 
but they did preview a couple of them. Gary Witter bridges the gap from Rogue One to A New Hope through the eyes of Captain Antilles. That shouldn't be pr- depressing at all. Not at all. <laughs> uh, Aunt Beru finds her voice in an intimate character study by Meg Cabot. I'm really excited about this because Meg Cabot writes not science fiction. Like, she's known for, like, literary stuff. Uh, so this should be really good. And yay, more Aunt Beru. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Nettie Akorafor brings dignity and depth to a most unlikely character, the monster in the trash compactor. That is crazy. Uh, Pablo Hidalgo uh, provides a chilling glimpse inside the mind of Grand Moff Tarkin. That won't be, you know, creepy at all, Pablo. <laughs> oh, okay, Meg Cabot wrote The Princess Diaries. I oh. didn't realize that. I did not. I didn't realize that either. So yeah, very much not Star Wars. <laughs> and Will Wheaton spins a poignant tale of the rebels left behind on Yavin. Nice. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that Will Wheaton story. Uh, now I'm really excited about this Amperu story because Meg Cabot, she writes like teen and young adult books, adult books that are very much like um, what they would call chicklets. Uh, I hate that term, even though I read it. Um, so this will be really, it'll be very much like not a typical Star Wars story. And I definitely want to learn more about Amperu. Indeed. So I'm wondering, the rebels left behind on Yavin, is that, like, the ones who didn't fight in the battle, or, like, the ones that they left after the evacuation? Oh, I have no idea. That's depressing. Uh, There is a reveal for the poster for Inferno Squad that will be in Barnes & Noble, uh, the Barnes & Noble edition. Once again, I'm going to have to get a hardcover at Barnes & Noble. (laughs) Well, the poster um, is, like, the cover. Um, and then the back of it is kind of like has editorial notes on it. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, and then we've got other news that um, Janina Gavankar, who is uh, does the voice of Aiden Versio, is um, also going to be reading the audiobook. Which, yay! Yay! Um, and then they announced a bunch of stuff about Battlefront 2, which I'll let you talk about because... They announced so much stuff, I don't even have it. You video uh, games. They announced so much stuff, I don't actually have it all written down. Well, I mean, just basically they talked about Battlefront. Yeah, they talked about Battlefront 2, they showed off some gameplay footage at E3, they showed off a bit of the single player storyline, we met uh, Admiral Versio, uh, Eden's father, who, uh, according to Mitch Dwyer, or Mitch Dyer, is uh, officially referred to as Dadmiral. Yes. I think his name is Garrick. Garrick, but not that Garrick, in which we're sad. Aww. Well, Garrick is actually, uh, could also be Garrick Hagon, who's Biggs. This is true. Uh, yeah, uh, it's looking really, really interesting. It's covering a lot of eras, and uh, anybody who says that uh, Disney wants to bury the prequels can stop saying it. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the 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 multiplayer is like all the different eras, right? But the story campaign is you can, just... Well, the, the story campaign is... The, the single-player campaign is... Well, right now it's one story. I would not be surprised if they added more. Uh, campaigns as downloadable they need content to add later. A rebel story because I don't want to play as a dirty imperial. <laughs> I'd like a wedge story, please. Let uh, me play as wedge. That'd be great. great. I don't even just like an a, a anonymous rebel yeah, pilot. Yeah, sure, a sure. New pilot. 
but yeah, uh, anyone who says a that uh, Lucasfilm is ignoring the prequels, well, you can play a battle droid at Thede, so. Yeah. I want a lady rebel pilot. I do too. We haven't really had many of those. We have a Vaughn. But she flies Y-Wings. Mm-hmm. I want an X-Wing pilot. Then, then her and Aiden can... So in head to head. in new canon, we've had Lady Y Wing pilot, uh-huh. two Lady Y Wing pilots, yes, Nora. and two Lady A Wing pilots. Shara and who's the other one? Uh, Bloodline. Um, Greer. Greer. Did Greer she Snell. fly A Wings? Uh, in the short, she did. Oh, okay. Well, yes, but I want one in the rebellion. <laughs> Me too. Yes, please. <laughs> So, uh, EA, if you're looking to take my money with yeah. downloadable content purchases, I will pay, I'll pay 10 bucks for a single player Rebel campaign. I do, I do want to either play myself or watch you play the single player version just to get the story because there's going to be like, you know, canon stuff of what happens after Return of the Jedi and that's my jam. Ab- absolutely. <laughs> so you heard it here, listeners. Um, I have permission to pre-order Battlefront 2 right now. Uh, that was not what I said. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. Uh, and hey, I'm gonna get it on the 360 so you can find me there to play with. 360? Or, sorry, the Xbox One. (laughs) Like. No, that's a generation. Yeah. Uh, when does it come out? Uh, November. I don't know specifically what day, but in November. Damn it, it should have come out, like, October 31st. Because then you would have been busy all November. <laughs> oh, someone's already planning on how to get rid of me for NaNoWriMo. Not get rid of you, just give you entertainment. Uh-huh. What? You're supposed to support my writing. I will. Okay, Big's bullshit. The uh, UK release date for The Last Jedi moves up to December 15th. Same thing that happened with The Force Awakens and Rogue One. So it's not really surprising. It's not surprising. Uh, Be nice with spoilers, and it's on you to stay away from them, internet. Yeah, also, I don't know if the UK does the same, like, the day before, like... So, like, here... We do the Thursday preview screenings. Yeah, so it comes out on the 16th, but we'll see it... On the, f- the fi- 15th. Night of the 15th. Yeah. So I don't know if they do the same thing there where they, you know, we'll see it the 14th. So UK people, let us know how that works in the UK. Uh, but anyway, yeah, don't talk spoilers. Um, I will be off the internet anyway because I don't trust people. <laughs> nope, don't trust people. <laughs> no, don't. Uh, yes, so Cammy's Concerns, we're actually not talking about Star Wars this week. Nope, not Star Wars. You remember that thing? We've become a Wonder Woman podcast. (laughs) Remember that thing when we started this show where we weren't sure if we'd ever have enough Star Wars content to do a two to four times a month podcast, and we build ourselves as a generic geek podcast? We didn't do that. We talked about other things, but... We were yeah, always that a was Star always, Wars podcast. That was always the catch-all for if we didn't Star have anything Wars to talk and about. Geek culture. It says it in our blurb at yes, the beginning. Yes, and it says that because we didn't <laughs> know if we'd have enough material. Okay, but Wonder Woman is very important, and we need to just talk about it. I'm not disputing that. Yes. It is very important. It is very important. Wonder Woman was amazing, and I loved it. I'm just happy we get to... We're talking about something other than Star Wars on this show, which means I can finally come back and circle back to maybe doing my NASA Kami's concern at some point. Well, yeah. Why would I not want to do that? Yeah, we'll we'll have to we'll have to go look 
I've, I've got a guest in mind I'd like to get on for that. Why would we not want to do that? We'll, we'll do it. Wonder Woman, Brian. That's what we're talking yes, about. Yes, we're talking about Wonder Woman. <laughs> uh, so, yes, we saw Wonder Woman. We saw it opening weekend, and then we saw it again last weekend. And I wouldn't mind seeing it again. I loved it. You loved it. I oh my yeah, I really loved it. You were not as emotional as me, but we'll get to that later. Uh, I I mean, I I don't think the film was intended to get me as emotional as it was other people in the yeah. audience. <laughs> well, like okay, so my background with Wonder Woman is like basically nothing. I've never read the comics. Obviously, I didn't never watch the TV show. Um, I, I mean, I'm familiar with it because uh, of pop culture, but. Um, it was before my time and I never, you know, watched reruns or anything. Um, so all I really know about Wonder Woman is just from pop culture. You know, she's part of the Justice League. She's, you know, uh, has been occasionally with romantically linked with Superman, which I think is dumb. <laughs> but I like, know you're a Clark and Lois shipper and yes. will always be. Well, specifically from Lois and Clark, the TV show. But, you know, like... The best iteration of Superman. It was. I will fight people on that. But, so, basically, I came to Wonder Woman with a totally blank slate. Did you have any sort of background with the Wonder Woman at all? I mean, some anim animated universe Oh, yeah, because you've watched uh, some of the Batman Yeah, I, I did all of the uh, Bruce Timm uh, stuff okay. growing up. So, um, so, you had a little more knowledge, but not, not very much. We're not, like big wonder woman yeah fans. no i mean i am i'm i'm not a big dc universe <laughs> that's okay you can say that out loud um but like it, i mean it's the same thing with with marvel for me like i didn't know anything about captain america or thor or iron man before i saw all of those movies so um you know it that's not a problem for me i i think i actually like that because i can just judge the movie by what it is um and I really had no desire to see Wonder Woman until everyone started talking about how good it was. Um, and I was like, you know, I wanted it to be good because it was a woman-led superhero movie. And uh, I've heard a lot of people say there's been a lot of memes on Facebook I've seen about like with Apparently, there was a New York Times review where someone said, I've never seen a woman this badass on screen before. And so now people have been taking that quote and putting it like with Ripley and like going like, excuse me, and like Xena, like shrugging her shoulders like what? And like Buffy going, huh? And I'm like, okay, I get what you're trying to say, but stop putting women against each other. <laughs> this is not Highlander. There, there doesn't have to be only one. We can have multiple awesome female characters and i mean there have been women superhero movies before can you name one that was good exactly crickets <laughs> i mean there's electra uh, our, our buddies over at cinescopers by the way uh just talked about wonder woman and compared it to another female-led superhero film as a compare and contrast to here's what happens when people actually care <laughs> yeah so i think they watched supergirl which they said was a tire fire uh i mean there's catwoman which we don't need to talk about that one uh there was electra we also don't need to talk about that yeah. one i mean there's been like i mean 
and it's not saying there have not been a bunch of movies like this. Like there's, you know, Tomb Raider. Those movies did well. The all of the um what's the one with um Kate Beckinsale, the werewolves and the the vampires? Uh what's under under underworld? Un- I don't know. It's based on I think it's based on a video game. I don't know. But um that one, I mean, so it's not like there are no movies with female characters. Yes, we know Ripley, we know Buffy, we know Xena, we know all of them. But well, what's also annoying is like uh, the Electras and the Catwomans came out before the whole superhero film yeah. genre really hit its stride. Right. There were a lot of crap male-led superhero films before that Iron Man demarcation point came along. Yeah, I mean, like, really, it kind of started with The Incredible Hulk, I think, but Iron Man was the first one that did yeah. really, really well. Yeah, and, um, but, uh, where It these... is the Underworld film, sorry, sorry. Okay, where <laughs> these crappy male-led film movies didn't get male, future male superhero movies set behind these female-led films that appeared before that line of demarcation Yeah. set female-led films back for 15 years i wonder why that could be <laughs> wonder <laughs> f the patriarchy f it so iron man one came out in 2008 mm-hmm. it is now almost nine years later and we are just now getting a superhero movie that stars a female character and one would think that I mean, if you say who's the most popular female superhero, Wonder Woman, like that's the answer. You know, everyone knows who she is if they haven't read the comics or whatever. Um, but How like, did it take like, nine years yeah. from Iron Man like, even proving my that mom, the genre works? Even my mom, when I told her we were going to see Wonder Woman, she's like, oh, like the TV show? Like, so she, like, she knows. Mm-hmm. And all the people at my work were like, oh, yeah, Linda Carter. I love that show. You know, but so. how did it take nine years from... Iron Man proving that the superhero genre, when done with care and thought, is a license to print money. Right. To getting Wonder Woman. And, like, I can't really fault DC because DC started their whole cinematic universe later than Marvel did. Um, well, I, I, I mean, how did it take that long to get a, f- not just right. Wonder Woman, well, but any female? Right. But I'm just leg. saying, as far as DC, you know, DC is concerned, like, they, they've done. Man of Steel, and they did Batman versus Superman, and now Wonder Woman. So, oh, they had Suicide Squad, right? Um, yeah, they had Suicide so Squad. So this is like the fourth movie, I guess you would consider. Uh, yeah, Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, Suicide Squad, and then this one. Wonder so Woman. four movies. How many Marvel movies have we had so far? Yeah, well, you you also have to consider that. Uh, it's not the same cinematic universe, but DC has had a ton of success with Nolan's uh, yeah. Batman films, so they know superhero films make money, so maybe it's still not a very good excuse for them either. No, but I mean, I, w- I would say I- I'm surprised that a a woman-led superhero movie came from DC before Marvel. Yes, I am. Yeah. Like, I don't, um, I mean, there are people who have been asking for a Black Widow movie since she first showed up in Iron Man 2. Um, we're still waiting for Captain Marvel. Which keeps getting pushed back, and I'm wondering if there's any regrets over there yeah. on pushing well, it back. Well, because they pushed it back for Spider-Man. Um, 
I think I think that's why they pushed, pushed it back it. for a Spider-Man and another Ant-Man. Yeah. So like it's kind of like now they're like, oh, crap, that movie's coming in like 2019, I think is when it's supposed to come out. 2020, I think. I think 2019 let me, is when I saw. Let me check. Captain um, Marvel. But yeah, I mean, now they're probably like, well, crap, we need to strike where the iron is hot. And that's what I'm really excited about um, because this movie is doing really well. It's getting reviewed well. People like it. There's good word of mouth. And the studios are going to see this, and they're going to greenlight more movies led by female characters, directed by women. That's the real important thing. So I'm really excited to see all of the the stories that come about because of this. Um, and like, so like all the people who are like, "Well, she's not the only first female character. This isn't, you know, this isn't new." And all the people talking about that, it's like. Okay, but you're not looking at it from a business standpoint. Like this is a extremely successful movie, and it shows that this can work with a female superhero. So that's really what we need it for. But yes, Wonder Woman, we liked it a lot. Yes, we did. Uh, let's talk about the things we didn't like first, so we okay. can get to the good stuff. Preferences. We're not going to do the thing that everyone else is doing and tripping over themselves to tear this movie no because it is a good film it is a good there is no perfect film no i like it a lot but there were things we didn't like you specifically didn't like the end i mean you liked it but it was i I liked all of the plot junctures at the end the thing i didn't like was the cinematography of the final battle. Uh-huh. Because it felt like Zack Snyder got his hands all over it. Yeah. It didn't feel like anything that had preceded it. Mm. I I can see that. It was very much a boss fight. You know, like, it, she even starts off fighting Ares, like, as his normal human form. And then he, like, gets the metal and, like, makes a suit. I'm like, wow, this is just like a boss fight. When you get the boss down a certain percentage and they come back and rage. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, and, I mean, it would have bothered me less mm-hmm. had No Man's Land, the No Man's Land scene, which we'll talk about later, yeah. not been so ridiculously amazing. Yeah. If it wasn't contrasting to that, it would have bothered me less. I liked, like you, I liked all of the plot stuff that happened in the last battle. I do think it was a little drawn out as far as the actual battle. Um, I wanted more of Etta Candy. (laughs) I really liked her. I thought she was hilarious. And I was really kind of hoping she'd go along with them to the front. Um, I, I... I did like on the second time around, like when they said they were going to put her in charge, she was so excited about it, but I would have liked to see more of her actually back there. And like, so the the twist is, you know, spoilers if you haven't seen the movie, the twist is that um, Sir Patrick, who is like, I guess he's in the House of Commons or something. I, I don't know exactly what his position is, but he is actually Ares. Not General Ludendorff, who Diana thinks. So Potter he is. fans, you get to find out what happens if Remus Lupin goes, becomes a Death Eater. Yes, I leaned over to you during the first showing. I'm like, Death Eater Remus. I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But uh, and I, we were listening to uh, Daisy Geek Girls, who was also discussing this, and they pointed out something nice about uh, uh, yeah. David being the character there. And uh, I mean, we will talk we'll get about to that, that later, in a second. Yeah. But uh, um, also go listen to that podcast, please. They're wonderful. Yeah. So yeah, I wanted more of a candy. I think it's just more. I wanted more women once she got out of um, the mascara, but I also kind of get it because it was such a marked contrast and i'm wondering if that was a deliberate choice because it's like you're coming from a land that's all women and now you're going into a world that's a man's world at this point in time uh you know they point out that they don't have the right to vote yet so i'm wondering if that was deliberate on that point but um i i i really liked the background diversity um we'll we'll talk about that later the the good parts um i would have liked to see more amazons of color that actually that had more prominent roles um like there was a there was basically hippolyta antiope um and then like that's the um antiope's i'm going to call her girlfriend because i believe that's who she or like her her like right hand person in the training like they were all white so i could have seen like they had a not white person play one of those roles but um the background stuff was good um other things we didn't like oh i didn't like the framing story i thought the framing oh, story really was i did I liked it. No, mainly because I just didn't see the point. Like, it's like, they, it's the only reason it was there to tie it into the larger cinematic universe, you know? Oh, oh, that framing story. Yeah, what yeah, did you okay. think I meant by the framing story? I, I thought the really awesome animated uh, origins of the Amazon framing story. Oh, no, story. no, 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 no. No, the, no, I, I, I'm with you. I could have done without that, the, uh. modern framing plus because it's um so they've said that did you forget we're in the justice league universe hi it's bruce wayne remember that guy he's batman um so they mentioned um i've heard that they're you know they're gonna do a sequel but the new sequel is gonna be in modern day and i'm really bummed about it because Uh. i loved that it was a period movie and i want to see like diana fight in world war Uh, ii and stuff it's gonna be one of those things where like captain america where we like all the movies well enough but we really like the first one because it was period the first and like for and the thing for captain america he can't i mean he's frozen so he has to go from then to now. But we could do a World War yeah. II period piece with Diana. Yeah. Um, and I would like that a lot more. But um, especially because she's in Justice League. So we're going to have her with all the other characters. Um, so her movies could be like separate. Um, and especially because I, I think I, I read people saying there was a line in Batman vs. Superman, which I don't. I didn't see, so I don't know exactly what it is, but about how she, like, she kind of was unknown. Like, so they're saying, well, she pretty much didn't do any, like, she wasn't involved as a superhero until, like, present day. And I'm like, no, that's stupid. <laughs> no, don't. Su- uh, another reason to uh, Batman versus Superman. 
Uh, I'm like, they need to retcon that and have it be like, okay, back in like back in the day, there weren't a lot of cameras and stuff. So people would just like say, oh, yeah, there is this woman on the battlefield. And people would be like, okay, you're crazy. But like, they don't really know who she is. Like, that's what I would love. Yes. Her being anonymous. And not until today and other superheroes are around that she's like, okay, I'm Wonder Woman. Yes, I agree. Uh, one other thing I didn't like is I wish they'd called the Native American character anything other than Chief. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I read something about that, though, that um, uh, because he's speaking English mm-hmm. to everyone that they they hypothesize that he introduced himself as that or he like he says to diana they call me chief because they can't pronounce my name yeah i mean <laughs> i get it yeah. but i wish they hadn't yeah like yeah you can retcon you can you can in universe your way to explaining that away but yeah it's one of those things where it's like if all things equal just don't yeah i will say though so we can move on to good stuff and say that they did have the actor um eugene braverock like consult on his character's wardrobe and stuff which excellent yeah very good uh all movie producers and directors please do that yeah i also heard people complaining about the smoke signals thing that was tropey and yeah it was a little tropey it was a little tropey but it's also how well i'm trying to think of how else they could signal to diana that she could see them from so far away (laughs) that i'm like it's it that's one of those things i'm willing to look the other way on just because they did get a character like that on screen they did consult with the actor yeah and i mean he was i mean they never treated him like a stereotype um like um yeah so like um, I put this down there, but we we all move it up here because this it was surprising for me. So, um, the uh the stuff with when he talks to Diana around the campfire, and he talks like she's like, "Why are you here? Why are you profiting off this?" And he she he's he's like, "I have nowhere else to go. That you know they took everything from me." And like she she asks him, "Who did this to your people?" And he gestures at steve trevor and says his people i did not i did not expect that to show up in a superhero movie yeah like and it's just one little line of acknowledgement yeah i mean it's really just like the least they could do but it has a lot of impact like it's not glossing over like and also it adds to the whole point of the movie like that everyone is bad um because you know like she she you know when steve introduces himself he says those are the bad guys and i'm the good guys or i'm the good guys they're the bad guys when the germans are coming to the island so like it's like she sees oh they did bad stuff too um and then uh samir who is the um one of the characters that goes with them he's like kind of the the actor guy uh um, he talks to Diana after the No Man's Land battle and um, about, you know, why he's doing what he's doing. And he says, you know, I, I'm an actor. I love acting, but I'm the wrong color. And that was another line where I was like, 
okay, I did not expect that, but it makes like it was it was just such a good acknowledgement, you know, um, without being like too bang over your head with a with a moral and a lesson. Like it just the way he says it, like and you can see in Diana's face, like that's really unfair, and like yes, it is really unfair, and it's really crappy, especially her coming from Thermoscara. You know, and seeing like, oh, they don't treat these people the same way. Um, oh, another thing that was um, really surprising was the um, we talked about background diversity with the uh, Amazons, which was very good. I, there were a lot of Amazons of color, um, but the Indian conscripts, when they were going on the train or they, when they were on the station, and they were going, you know, off to the front. There was Indian conscripts in the back, uh, you know, Indian soldiers. And, you know, India was a... Also just walking through London. Yeah. Yeah. So India was a was a British colony at this point in time. So that makes certain sense. And they, you know, they are people fighting in the war. And it was actually acknowledged and put on screen. It's historically accurate and someone actually... Yeah. Put them on screen. Yeah, which is why when people talk about, oh, historical accuracy, but there weren't people like that around. I'm like, yes, they were. There were very much so. You just, that's not what you're taught in school. Because, um, like, I told you, like, I went, uh, I've been to London a few times. And one time we were on a, tr- a train, a subway, like, early in the morning. And it ended up being, like, kind of during rush hour. And I was like... I'm the only white person on the train. Like, okay, I love you, The Crown, mm-hmm. but your show is super white for where it's set. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, they have they have all those really uncomfortable like scenes when she goes to their colonies and yeah, yeah, those are kind of uncomfortable. But yeah, that was very very cool. I I I was glad to see that um, as a history geek and someone who wants diversity in movies. A plus. Um, so the Aries twist, I didn't see it coming. Did you see it coming? I, no, I didn't see it coming. Okay. I saw a lot of people say, oh yeah, it was so obvious. And I'm like, okay, I must be really dumb then. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not looking for the twist like that. I well, thought they were actually going to play it straight. Well, okay. I will say, no, I, I said, I thought he was shifty. I didn't, I don't know, I don't know if I thought he was actually Aries, but I remember thinking, there's, there's something off there. And then when he came on later and like, you know, revealed that he was Aries, I went, I knew it! I knew there was something wrong with that guy! But I didn't actually think like they would do that, you know? Um, and I saw some people complaining that the big bad was not um was not the female character or that Ares wasn't female and i think that would have been terrible uh, yeah i think it would have been not good like did they underutilize dr poison yeah i think yeah it that was that was something we did not we did not talk about in cons um, but yeah but i would have liked more I'm of her i'm with you i'm glad that the big bad wasn't a woman i could um so what I could have seen was Diana assuming that po- uh, Dr. Poison was Ares. 
killing her instead of Ludendorff, and then the you know then actual Ares comes out. Like I could have seen them do that, but yeah, yeah. But like actually, Ares being a British white dude who's bent on destroying the world, that has a lot of historical connotation, and it works wonderfully <laughs> yeah like i mentioned earlier we were listening to uh daisy geek girls and they and i think it was swap who said i love that the foppish british white guy was the big bad here yeah well because i mean you know study the history of colonization and it you know it, you know it's kind of just a, I, you know i thought it worked really well and i also you know I wouldn't have wanted it to be a woman because I didn't want to see women fighting each other, <laughs> you know? Not in this film. Yeah. I mean, future. I I love female villains and I definitely want more female villains, like competent, strong female villains. But like, I wanted them to like, just have a movie with a female hero first. Now, next, I want a female villain. Yeah. I mean, let's be overt with the smash the patriarchy thing yes. in this film. Yes. And then we can, you know. Get the female villains. I still want my evil queen movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really, I liked that twist a lot. Um, I thought it was, you know, it was good. And like, especially because the Ludendorff fight went by really quick. I'm like, oh, is that it? Oh, no, it's not that. <laughs> um, so I mentioned this before uh, that it made me a lot more emotional than you. I did not expect to cry during this movie. And I did. Uh, specifically during the No Man's Land scene. If you've read the articles about why women cried during this movie, that was me. I raised my hand. I was crying. <laughs> and I didn't expect it to be that emotional for me because, like I said, I don't have a history with Wonder Woman. Like, when I saw The Force Awakens and, you know... Leia came on screen for the first time. I like I cried because I'm like it's General Organa. Well, and then when Rey grabbed the lightsaber, I've been waiting for a female Jedi forever. But just seeing Well, you you don't have you don't have a history with Wonder Woman, but you have a 30-year history with women in film. Yeah. So just, you know, the whole like seeing her um you know, go walk up the ladder in slow motion and like her telling Steve it's what I'm going to do. And uh basically all of these men are telling her, no, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. And she goes and does it. And if that's not a metaphor for real life, I don't know what is. <laughs> um and I loved that no one really acted weird that it was that she was a woman you know like when she first came to london like they're like okay we gotta get you new clothes but they never on the battlefield it was just like wow she's a great fighter it was never like you're a woman who can fight wow you know and i appreciated that i agree so let's gush about stuff yes let's gush about stuff thermoscara land of the amazons would you like to live there uh, <laughs> I'd be very intimidated. 
uh, Samir's line, I am both frightened and aroused. That made me laugh really hard. The second time we saw that, that elicited some uh, shocked and dismayed gasps from the uh, older couple sitting behind us. <laughs> that was funny. Um, also, the uh, the whole boat conversation with uh, Steve and Diana was fantastic. Um, and apparently they ad-libbed a lot of that. And the line about men not being necessary for pleasure made me laugh really hard. <laughs> uh, we talked about No Man's Land. I really loved that scene. I loved the way it was shot. I loved the music. Um, because the, the music as she's actually going across No Man's Land is very slow and like builds up. And then when they go into the village, that's when the whole Wonder Woman theme actually starts. Um, it's a really great soundtrack. Yes. You've been listening to it on Spotify on repeat. I have. Uh, another thing I really liked, and I think you would probably want to talk about this one, was the way they treated Charlie. Yeah, it Charlie was, the sniper. It was sniper? a very respectful way of uh, putting PTSD on screen and just showing what it looks like. Yeah. And not enough action films deign to do that. So I, I thought it was a very thoughtful touch. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, not something I, another thing I didn't expect, but was very pleasantly surprised to see. And they didn't like dwell on it really. Like in the, in the movie, like Noah, they were like, come on, Charlie. And they didn't like, but he didn't like go once he realized he was locked up, he was like, okay, let's go and get Diana up there. Like they didn't, he didn't dwell on it or berate him for it. He understood, um, and then later on, when Diana was like, he's a, you know, shooter who can't shoot. And then, you know, they explain like he 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 sees or when he's um, dreaming and the we're not always says, she says he sees ghosts. Um, but then when she's talking to Samir about he's a shooter who can't shoot. We're all we're not always where we need to be. Yeah. And then, you know, later on, when they're celebrating, he's singing and Steve's like, I haven't heard him sing in a while. Um, So I thought that was that was that I thought was really good. So. Obviously, my favorite part of the movie was Diana. I loved Diana so much. I loved um, like she was naive, but not stupid. She was optimistic, but also but not annoyingly so you know um and it was just really nice to see a character like her who like she reminded me so much of captain america you know from the from the first avenger i want them to fight together (laughs) but um steve and diana would be steve rogers yes and diana (laughs) yes would be drinking buddies but let's talk about the other steve because as much as this movie did wonderfully with diana and the other women i this the portrayal of steve i really loved and appreciated and i think was really important for this movie um because he was diana's equal and she was his equal even though she was much more powerful than him he had his agency obviously because at this point in time you know men are in charge uh but, like, at the battle, 
you know, the final battle, Diana is fighting Ares and he's like, I have to go do this. You know, I have to go fight. You know, I, you know, I have to go. And he goes off and he has his own thing that he needs to accomplish. And, you know, it was nice to see that the love interest character treated that way because that doesn't really happen with women and i really hope that this you know not only increases more movies with female leads but when females are the love interests to at least make them their own characters you know and have their own agency and their own things that they need to do agreed mm-hmm. also at the end they gave diana woman pain and it was great i know i was like oh my god they killed her boyfriend and now she's really angry <laughs> that's what usually happens with the guys <laughs> um yeah so Steve d- dies, but he dies on his own accord, doing a, a very brave act, uh, sacrificing himself to save a bunch of people. It's like, if you need to fridge a character, well, I can't even say he was fridged because that's not what it is. If you need to kill a character to affect another character, do it that way. Right? It's not that hard, guys. Like, okay, if you're going to kill your female character, love interest, mm-hmm. watch how they did it with Steve Trevor. Yeah. And take notes. Exactly. Like, I was thinking about Era of the Jedi, and the moratorium and sorrows are that are over, folks. Sorry. But, uh, you know, imagining Nakari dying, like, as sacrificing herself, like, jumping in front of a bullet for Luke or something like that, you know? Or her having to go, like, blow something up and she ends up dying, you know, rather than just shot during a firefight off page and Luke has all this pain about it. Like, it would have been so much better the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, and also then she, you know, she's really angry and, you know, almost gives in to Ares taunting and then she remembers and then steve's words like she hears what steve was saying to her when he was saying goodbye and she then she like repeats what he says it's not what you deserve it's what we believe and then you know she kicks Ari's ass and it's great it is great it's great i want to see it again let's go see it again okay when do you want to go see it again i don't know (laughs) (laughs) wonder woman uh so good it is so good. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to get it on Blu-ray and a digital as soon as it's available. I know. And I'm also like, I'm I'm bummed though, because I know the sequel is not going to be what I want because I loved this movie so much because it was a period movie um, and an origin story. And I'm like, I don't want Wonder Woman in present day. So you're, you're not looking forward to Wonder Woman Winter Soldier. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just watch the first Avenger and Wonder Woman back to back to back to back? Forever? Yes. Okay, we can do that. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, if you're looking for a recommendation to whether or not to see Wonder Woman, yeah, go see it. What what are you waiting for? Yes, go see it. I'm so happy that 
there in the next few years, how many little girls are going to be named Ray and Diana? Uh, I want a whole classroom of of Ray and Diana is like five years from now going into kindergarten. You're Diana. Hi, Diana. 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 (laughs) My heart. (laughs) Right. Oh. So yeah. I loved it. I did too. Go see it. Yes. Any last thoughts? Uh, I don't know. It's probably my favorite movie of the year so far. Uh, we haven't seen that many movies. No, we've we've been bad about seeing movies. Although I mean, we saw Hidden Figures, which was wonderful. I think I liked this a little more. Yeah, I think I'm with you. It had the same. It had the same impact. But yeah, I think I like this one a touch more just because this is my genre jam. Yeah, Um, but I still just freaking adored Hidden Figures. Yeah, if you haven't seen Hidden Figures, go see it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But so now I just I patiently wait until The Last Jedi. I know. Actually, no, a movie comes out next month I want to see. Oh, what's next month? War for the Planet of the Apes. Right. War for the Planet of the Apes. The movies with terrible, awful diversity, but I love them. (laughs) <laughs> yeah 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 okay well let's wrap up the show there this episode of tasha station radio has been brought to you in part by you our patreon subscribers go subscribe join the patreon slack team at the five dollar level and you too can contribute to these shows uh on twitter where you can find us with the handles tasha underscore station that's the official show account you can find nancy with nancy pants it's nancy with an i you can find me with lane winry l-a-n-e-w-i-n-r-e-e on facebook we're the tasha station network we're available on the itunes store stitcher and google play if you like what you hear do leave a review it helps us grow the show you can find our columns and news at tasha-station.net as well as all of our other podcast shows uh so thanks for listening to another episode catch you all next time bye podcast has been brought to you by Majestic Draft Productions and is the official podcast of TashiStation.net. All Star Wars names, music, and logos are property of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Tashi Station Radio is not endorsed by Lucasfilm or any division of the company. Now go pick up some power converters. Oh, 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 o